This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Want to know what's going on in your neck of the woods and learn the history and the people behind the events that you love across the state? Get to know the real Mississippi. Check out MPB Think Radio's Next Stop Mississippi podcast on all platforms or on the MPB public media app. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. Our host is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC Certified Master Technician. I'm Jermaine Flood. Hey, Coach Charlie. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, Coach. It's another hot day, but I'm doing good today. Well, just don't let the weather bother you. It's going to get hot, it's going to get cool, and it's going to get cold. Coach, when I walk outside, it makes me think, and then I... I can't understand what I'm thinking of. That's what happens to my brain. What just clipped in my in my microphone right now? My brain does that when I hit that heat. I'll give you a good one. I took my dog for a walk last night. We usually walk nine laps up and down my drive. That's like two and a half miles. Yeah. And on the eighth, I started to take the dog. He was panting so hard. I had to take the dog in. I said, you can't walk no more. No, that baby was tired. He was tired. He was hot. And I said, well, let me go let you back and get in the air conditioner. That baby was tired. (laughs) Well, we're going to try to stay in at least some vehicle AC for this show. That is true. Because we're talking about the best drives in Mississippi. Now, I did have a vehicle that did not have air. And maybe during the summer, that does not make for one of the best drives <laughs> in Mississippi. But if your vehicle has air, today we're talking about the best drives in Mississippi during these hot summer months. Well, you think about the best drive in Mississippi. I think what we're looking for, if you think about a best drive, have you ever been off the beaten path, got off the mainstream road, rode your windows down if it was hot or cool or whatever it was, or even in your air conditioner, and that you just went through these small towns and these small areas, and you've seen things from the past. You've seen things that you've never seen before. Mm-hmm. You say, wow. Mm-hmm. You know, you see all those fields full of uh, soybeans mm-hmm. and cotton. Yep. And it's just amazing what people are really doing that we never see in the city. Right. And it does. It's from the uh, furthest point of Corinth, Mississippi, all the way down to the Gulf Coast. Right. And you all the way over from Meridian, all the way back over to the uh, border of Louisiana, that right. you can see all these different things. Right. Giant rocking chairs are out there as oh, well. Giant rocking chairs. You know, <laughs> I, I, I went one time. I went to the Sweet Potato Capital of Mississippi, out towards Bruce, out uh, Vaughn. Well, yeah, down Highway Nine. Mm-hmm. And I always wonder. I said, "Dang, you got all these sweet potatoes out here." Where are they going? And I found it. And it was there. It was there. Did you stop and eat one? Well, I like sweet potatoes. My wife doesn't like sweet potatoes, but okay. I do. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Me too. I would have had to ask somebody, who is cooking them up? That's here. right. <laughs> I like, I like, and when I would talk about sweet potatoes on a drive or anywhere, I like them sweet. Right, right. Okay, so here's here's... I mean, there's a couple of versions. I like your back road version where you're on the back road. There's the version of there's some drives like a Highway 61, which we'll talk about, or a Natchez Trace Parkway. (laughs) But here's my version of a best drive in Mississippi, especially when it deals with cars, Coach. The straightaways. (laughs) Well, I know where you're going. Where you can... Lay into it. I know where you're going, yes. I'm not going to say those roads, but I know a couple, 
and I've been on them. I've been on a few myself, <laughs> and I have put the foot down. So there's a couple versions. There's the back rows. There's there's some of the main rows like Natchez Trace, Highway 61, and then of course you've got your off roads. Right. <laughs> well, you know, you're talking about the blues trails. You're talking about all these things. You know, if you're going through the Delta, people says, "Well, what's in the Delta?" Really, if you drive through the Delta, you can see things that you've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And you got to look at everything other than just the blades of grass or the tree leaves. There's other things out there. Well, somebody told me the other day we were riding, we were in Hurricane, Mississippi, mm-hmm. Saxton, Mississippi, outside mm-hmm. of Tupelo. Mm-hmm. And I was driving, and the guy says, It's amazing what you see when you're riding instead of driving. That's true. That's true. You know, I always thought about it as, and well, I would have been like, I'm pulling over, and you can now take the wheel. Well, you always, <laughs> well, you always think about when I, when you're a small child, you look out. All you did, you looked out the window all the time. Mm-hmm. You saw everything. Mm-hmm. Well, you say, did you see that? No, you didn't see it because you were driving. You were driving. You're right. You're right. So be a passenger on these road trips that we're going to be discussing That's today. Right. Our email address for questions is auto at mpbonline.org. And of course, the Magnolia State is home to several scenic byways, which means you can view some of the state's most spectacular sights from the comfort of your own vehicle. Coach, we're going to go to the phones before we get into some best drives in Mississippi talk. We have got David on the line in Grenada. David, you're on with Coach Charlie. Yes, good morning, everybody. Um, good morning. Um, last week, I, I uh, had to go to my brother's funeral in Pensacola, and I live around Grenada, so so it's like 350 miles. Now, I start out and uh, headed south, and I get to around Hattiesburg, and uh, my, my car starts shuddering shaking severely and then it calmed down i thought i was having tread uh, separation or something but it but it smoothed out and then it did it, it did it three times approximately on the way down there and after the funeral i decided to be wise for me to go see a mechanic or something and get him to analyze it so come to find out it, it they replaced the torque converter and all the fluid in it and so my question is how often does a person need to change their transmission fluid um, to so that doesn't happen to them, so they can join, enjoy all these beautiful sights that we see <laughs> all the time? Well, you know, as they start talking about transmission fluid, the new car manufacturer has a timeline or interval when those transmissions should be changed. But if you have a higher mileage vehicle, then that's when you need to reconsider about changing that transmission fluid at a different interval. Because what happens, those pieces uh, in the transmission start wearing. And as they wear, the transmission fluid gets a little thicker. And then, you know, and it seems to be running fine. But as soon as you drain that transmission fluid, next thing you know, you have a problem. You know, mm-hmm. so I would go by the manufacturer's uh, suggested um, warranty or and uh, service intervals on that until your car got older because then it's going to stay in warranty and all if you do what they tell you well how long how long how long do you wait if you have an older vehicle well you know i have i'm just going to tell you my experience i have a truck that has a hundred seventy nine thousand miles on it never trains the transmission fluid in it it's a f-150 it's 2010 i got a toyota camry that has three hundred eighty five thousand miles on it never changed the transmission fluid don't have a problem with either one of them well, I never had a problem with this either till it happened, so I was trying to avoid that in the future. Well, so, like I say, uh, how many miles it got on it? 
Um, around two hundred thousand, I think. Okay, so, well, what uh, what kind of car is it? It's a it's a Navigator, Mercury okay, Navigator. So, so it's a Lincoln. Lincoln, I mean yeah. Lincoln, yeah. Yeah, they if you're not having no problems, like say since you did have problems with them, they put a torque converter in it, they put a uh, and change the fluid in it, everything's driving fine, right? Yeah, as far as yes. Yeah, yes. that's a two hundred thousand mile vehicle. You know, I think Well that's the reason that's that's the reason I was thinking, well if I did it periodically, you know, like every five years starting at uh, two hundred thousand miles or hundred fifty thousand well, miles. That's what I was saying. You know, I would never get, I would never have a problem because that problem cost me twenty seven hundred dollars. That's what I'm saying. If you're doing it every hundred thousand miles, you'll probably be okay after the warranty. Okay, just a, all right, all right. That sounds good. That's what I was looking for. Some kind of yeah. Some kind of figure to shoot for. Yes, okay, excellent. Thank you very, very much. All right. Thanks, David, for giving us a call. We're going to stay on the phone lines. We've got William in Davidsville. He's not in Davidsville, but he is in Davidsville. William, you're on with Coach Charlie. <laughs> How you doing? Doing fine yourself. All right. Uh, my wife has a 2016 Kia Optima. About two months ago, she got a letter for a recall on the anti-theft so that they replaced the anti-theft device. Since then, things started stopped working, like my trunk latch, my passenger side windows, they won't go up or down. And if you walk up and grab the, the, the door handle, you hear some bumping inside the doors. And I think it's directly related to what they did. Yeah, they probably on the reprogramming because they had to re- they had to do something to the computer for the anti theft. Okay, so probably the reprogramming they put in there is not correct. I would take it back to them and let them check that out because that's what it sounds like. You know, because the windows had to be reprogrammed and a lot of that stuff had to be reprogrammed when because it needs to know if somebody's trying to break in the vehicle. Okay, yeah, because you know the car was working fine until we they did that. Yeah, that, that, I would take it back to them since it was, especially if it's a recall, take it back to them. Everything was working fine. Now it's not It's not one window. It's all the windows? It's the passenger side windows. Okay, and then you say it's the rear. What else you say? The trunk latch. Yeah, see, all that's not going to go out at one time. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. Yeah, I would take it back yeah, to them and just I'll let them check it out after, since they just re- did something to the recall. Yes. Do you right. know what they replaced? Did it say what they replaced for the anti-theft? I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, look at that uh, notice they gave you and see what they replaced. All right. All right. I'm supposed to go back there tomorrow, so no, I that's, hope they get it straight out. They will. Thank mm. you. All right. Thanks, William, right. for your call. Now, Coach, shameless plug, I do not mind. You know, my favorite thing to do on a drive in Mississippi is to listen to the radio. And guess whose radio station you can take all over the state? Whose? This one right here. I knew that's what you were going to say. (laughs) This radio station will go with you on every single drive. One end to the other. No matter where you're at, from Tupelo to Gulfport, you will be able to get us. We have dials everywhere. Tupelo, 89.5. Gulfport, 90.3. I mean, if you're in uh, Greenwood, you're on 90.1. Uh, Meridian, 88.1. Natchez, Macomb, 88.9. So 
We we've got we've got um uh, uh something to listen to during your drive. Say so got you covered. <clears throat> we've got you covered there. We're going to talk about some of the best back roads. We're going to talk about some of the best main roads. We're just going to talk about all these roads. If you've got a question, send your emails to auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about the best drives in Mississippi. Is your car under recall? I'll tell you how you can find out next. You're listening to AutoCorrect with Coach Charlie Melton. I am Jermaine Flood. If you want even more AutoCorrect, you can find our podcast on all podcast platforms for your smart device. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay. Saturdays at 11 a.m. Here's some recent recalls. 300. There's. It's always a big number, Coach. I just. <laughs> it's the biggest numbers ever it's when all, they do recalls. It's all the ones that they mass produced at that time. It's not like a thousand of them, right? <laughs> It's like 344,700 of them. Um, Jeep SUVs are involved in separate recalls. So they're just grouping them all up for, excuse me, the compass effective vehicles include 182,000 model year 2022 to 23. The system issue um, stems from the brightness level of the instrument panel cluster, which may not be adjustable due to incorrect software in the body control module. Um, A dim display may not show clearly um, all your critical safety information. Um, And then for Grand Cherokees, Wagoneer and Grand Wagoneer affected SUVs include some 162,000 model year 2021 to 23 Grand Cherokees and model year 22 to 24 Wagoneers and Grand Wagoneers. The Central Vision Park Assist module software may prevent the rear view image from displaying when the vehicle is placed in reverse, decreasing driver visibility. Now, in both cases, dealers are updating the software to resolve the issue um, and then those with further questions can contact the automaker and finally in recall news um, Nissan expands bent tie rod recall 236,000 plus Sentras are affected. Those include model year 2020 to 2022. The left or right tie rod strength may be compromised, allowing it to bend or break. If it experiences excess force, such as hitting a curb, a broken tie rod can cause loss of steering control, increasing the risk of a crash and injury. Now, Nissan is advising drivers to pull over right now and contact their dealer. If um, for transportation assistance, if your steering wheel appears to be off center or is vibrating. But in the meantime, until new parts are produced and available, dealers are inspecting and replacing the um, bent or broken tie rods for free. So if you are in one of those Nissan Sentras 2022, 2020 to 2022 Pull over. Pull over now. Now. Yeah, you need those tie rods. Those tie rods is what keeps that wheel straight. Really? If not that, if that tie rod breaks, it's going to go in or out. That's scary when the recall tells you just to pull over. Well, that's the same thing with all those uh, vehicles that catch on fire and they say don't park them in the garage. Right. That's one of those. Those those were recalls. That's one of those risks. All right. You can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's website, nhtsa.gov forward slash recall, and inputting your VIN number, or you can find their Safer Car app. Today, though, we're talking about the best drives in Mississippi, and we're also taking your vehicle repair course 
questions. Our email address is auto at mpbonline.org. Let's get into some of these uh, these these lists, Coach. So I have a back roads, 11 ba- best back roads scenic drives list. And then I have TripAdvisor's top five drive um, in Mississippi, Mississippi list. Yes. So back road number one, the Grand Gulf Raymond Scenic Byway. And they're saying this is perfect for a relaxing drive. It follows 50 miles of back roads through the lush countryside. Um, More than beautiful views. The byway is loaded with history and it partly follows the path used by soldiers during Ulysses S. Grant's Vicksburg campaign. I I don't know if I've ever drove that. Grand Gulf um, Raymond Scenic Byway. Number two on that back road list is the Great River Road. Running along the state's western border, this follows the course of the mighty Mississippi spanning 3,000 miles through 10 states, and the portion that runs through our state extends over 200 miles and includes stunning views of the state and the river. I've never been on that. The Great River Road. So that's new. And then Natchez Trace Parkway made the number one TripAdvisor list it made the number three back roads list. But of course, Natchez Trace Parkway, we've got it, you know, not too far away from us. It's a 444 mile parkway that follows um, the Native American footpath from Natchez to Nashville, Tennessee. And somebody on there commented and said, it's a beautiful drive from Jackson. Many stops, favorites being Owens Falls, a waterfall in Mississippi. I did yes. not know that. I want to go. Emerald Mound and Lois Bluff. It was more than expected and so peaceful. Well, you can find campgrounds and all, but the only thing you got to understand about the Natchez Trace, it is a beautiful drive, but it is a 50 mile an hour drive. <laughs> and, and they will give you a ticket. You will get pulled over. Yes. It's a speed trap if you are trying to use it as a speed bypass. Right. If you're trying to use it for a shortcut, no. <laughs> You will get a ticket. <laughs> you better be using it as the best scenic drive in Mississippi. And it is a federal ticket, not is a it? state ticket. Oh, it's for real, real. Yes. I've never gotten one, Coach. I've never gotten one on the tr- on the parkway on Natchez Trace. I never got one on Natchez Trace. But we've heard through the grapevine yes. that it's serious. I see a lot of people get pulled over. <laughs> We've heard through the grapevine that it's serious. Okay, we're going to go to the phone lines. We have got Annie in Hamilton on the line. Annie, you're on with Coach Charlie. Thank you for taking my call. I have a 2017 Ford Escape. It's got 98,000 miles on it that make any difference. But uh, my check engine light keeps coming on. It will go off for a while and it'll come back on, but the car runs good. There's no sputtering, no no shaking, no anything. So I had one of the mechanics at home check it out, said they couldn't find anything. They just All it know to do is just drive it. But I don't like the idea of my check engine light on because it could lead to something else. You're right. That so, check engine you know, light. That check engine light. First thing, it's for emissions. It's telling you if your vehicle's putting out too much exhaust uh, or dirty exhaust. So it will tell you if the vehicle. A lot of times, if it comes on, does it flash, or does it just come on and go no, off? It just comes on and it stays on, and after a while, it'll go off. Okay, so what I would do, it's recorded in that uh, computer. There's a record of that in that computer. They need to get a scan tool put on the computer, 
and they will be able to pull that uh, code up because it's called a history code, and they'll be able to take and find out exactly what's wrong with it because it sounds like it could be running lean, could be running rich every now and then. You know, so most likely if it's not flashing, you can go anywhere and go ahead and get it uh, tested, but it does need to be fixed, and, and like you say, until it, it may run into something diff- uh, more expensive. Okay, so it, are you saying that the gas was too rich at some point or too lean. No, at it some could. Point. It could be that. That's what I'm saying. It's a. It's. It since it's not on all the time, it's going to be called a history code. So get somebody with a good scanner, hook up to the computer, and they'll be able to pull that code out of the history. Even though it's not on at that moment, they will be able to pull that code up. They'll be able to read the code and tell you what's wrong with it. Okay. Thank you. Right. You're so welcome. Thank you, Miss Annie. Thank you so much. You know, much. there was another thing, Jermaine. I was uh, the caller that talked about the tra- change in transmission fluid. Mm-hmm. If they have an extended warranty, or if they have a prior train warranty that's two hundred fifty thousand miles, or whatever the manufacturer gives them, they will need to change their transmission fluid at whatever the interval calls for on that extended warranty and the manufacturer warranty. Right. Because, like I say, if it shutters at 250,000 miles and you show that you change the transmission fluid, they're going to fix it. Yeah. So you want to make sure, not just because you did, didn't have a problem until 200,000 miles, mm-hmm. if it's under any type of warranty, go by the manufacturer. Now, with mine, I've, I put my trust in my, my automaker's hands when it comes down to my extended warranty, powertrain warranty. So there is um, a book that they have given me that I that they follow, I think, and hopefully that includes the transmission fluid as well. But do I need to maybe double check to make sure they're doing all of that? You want to look in there because you're paying for that warranty work. You know, when you talk about if it's a Mercedes, you're, you can pay as much as $2,400 for mm-hmm. a service. And they will be checking all that. So even if it's a 100000 extended warranty, you need to just follow whatever they say in order so you don't void the warranty. Correct. Correct. Okay. So I just want to throw that out just to make sure. Thanks for doubling back, yes. Coach. <laughs> We're going to stay on the phone lines. Tim, we've got Tim and Mobile on the line. He's got an alternator question. Tim, you're on with Coach Charlie. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, yeah, I called last week, and um, we ran out of time, so I'm trying again. Um, I have a um, 440, um, and uh, I have a Mopar, a 68 Plymouth satellite, and when I go places, and I'll go to a store, for example, come back out, and when you start it up, it kind of drags. So, um, so what I did was, I, I, I'm old school, so I just I started it up. When I got home, and I took the, the negative cable off, I know what I'm supposed to, and it goes dead. So uh, I bought another, uh, uh, I put the old one back on, and uh, which is a 55 amp. And um, I start my car up, pick it off. It, it, it lasts about five seconds, and it turns off. So I took the, the new alternator, took it to a repair shop that we building. They said it runs, it's, it's, it's doing what it's supposed to do. So put it back in my car. Um, it did the same thing. So I was kind of curious about that. So to another shop, they tested and they said it was fine too. So I'm just kind of lost right now. Okay. The regulator's good. I've replaced regulators. It's got enough voltage going to it. 12.5 going in and out. 
Okay, so if it's 12.5 going in and out, that means it's not charging because the vehicle has right. to charge between 13, 13 and a half to charge that battery. Is this regulator, is it on the firewall? Well, yes, I had one on the firewall. And so the second time I, I, I tested it, they put an internal regulator, a, a new one on there. On the, nothing, nothing changes. So they put an internal regulator in the alternator. Right. Okay, so you... And, uh, you well, what I was Can just, I up go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, uh, so so what I did was um, I put when I put the circuit, the, the original uh, alternator on it, the 55 amp, it it went up to like 13, um, 13.5 like it's supposed to when you start it up, and so like I say when I when I start it up and I take the, the negative cable off, it lasts about five seconds and it turn off. And so put the other one back on, the new one back on. I had about two years. And uh, it's like a 130-amp alternator. And uh, as soon as I unplug it, it, it cuts off immediately. And I even ran a wire from the alternator to the battery just to test it. And it never changes with the, with the new alternator. From the alternator from yeah. where, it's, where the charge is, right? Okay, the back of the alternator. Right. Yes, okay, the only thing I yeah. can think of, have you checked the field wire that comes to that alternator where that plug where it plugs up? Okay, that alternator has to be excited. When you take it to a shop, they excite that alternator. That means that they magnetize mm-hmm. the alternator, and if it's going to work, it's going to work. Okay. If that okay. field wire is bad on your car that plugs into the alternator, you know, you have your wire that goes to the alternator from the battery or to the, uh, the main hot wire, and then you have a plug-in, am I right, on yours? Yeah, well, it ain't a plug-in. It just, um, it just, it's not a plug-in. It's just got a bolt. You can take the bolt off and put it on the stud. Okay, but, so that's one wire. Okay, Don't do you have another wire going to it? You should have another wire. Uh. I think it's a smaller wire. I think. Yeah, that's think called smaller that, wire. That's called the field wire. Okay. I don't think I. I it, don't think so. I don't think I do have another uh, wire. Well, okay. well, if you don't have another wire, it it has to be excited somehow. You they it has to be excited. The alternator has to be where you can make the voltage regulator read off that alternator, so it'll charge. It just don't start charging if it ain't got the power to it. The one mm-hmm. wire, the main wire, is bring, is going back to your start or to your battery to charge. But the uh, there's another wire that should excite that system in order to make it charge. Mm-hmm. As it turns, now I I did have a wire coming from the regulator before I put it had the internal one put on. Right, I did have it coming from the regulator to that to the alternator, and I had that originally. And okay, it's just, that's you know it's still the same. Right. Something has to go, like I say, something has to go to that alternator to make it charge. It's not going to charge with just one wire. That field wire okay. you took off the voltage regulator has to go to the other one. Okay. Why don't okay. you email me uh, here and let, and I, let me uh, show me, send me a picture of it and what you have on that alternator. Okay, I will. Okay. All right, Tim. Thank you, Thank you so much for your call. Our email address where you can send questions is auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about the best drives in Mississippi between your car repair questions. What's in the news? A car-free community opens in Arizona. It's not here, but I'll tell you more next. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Coach Charlie Melton, retired instructor from Clinton High School's Automotive Technology Program, is our expert host and teacher. I'm Jermaine Flood. <laughs>
<laughs> I hope you've downloaded our app for your smartphone, the MPB Public Media app. In addition to listening to the show, you can click the support button and make a contribution. They help keep our programs on the air for you and others to enjoy. And we thank you for your contribution to Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Autocorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. A car-free community opens up in Arizona. Of course, it's not here. We're not no. as tight yet. In, in, no, we're not close enough. We're not close enough to each other. Um, so this is an awesome story. Although, if you want to visit, they do have some parking. So you can get there somehow. As confusing, though, as it may be for people who live in the suburbs um, or in the country, a lot of people here in the United States actually enjoy living in areas where you don't need to drive if you want to do literally anything other than sit in your house. Sometimes it's because they're elderly, have a disability, or enjoy living in a community, believe it's better for the environment, or would simply rather spend their money doing fun car stuff instead of commuting in something practical and boring. These people are literally all over the place. If you're one of them, well, cul-de-sac Tempe may be for you. And you know what tickles me about this? It's called cul-de-sac Tempe, which means... It's like a little cul-de-sac. That's it. They live all in little circles. <laughs> they all live together. in little circles. I don't know. I'm just guessing just because of the name, though. But this is a mostly car-free community in Tempe, Arizona. Um, it's officially open. It has been three years in the works, and it's finally open. Um, it's designed to allow people to live, work, and socialize without needing to own a car. In fact, there aren't any parking spots for residents at all. But with a restaurant already open and a coffee shop, bike repair shop, and grocery store all coming soon, as well as a gym and a co-working space, Cul-de-Sac Tempe is designed so that residents won't miss owning a car, even as the rest of the commercial space is slowly built out. So Included in your cost in moving here, you will receive an electric bike. They'll they'll give you that. There are scooters for rent, um, 15% off lift rides to and from uh, cul-de-sac Tempe. Um, and a, this is the first ever agreement between a developer and a city for zero residential parking centered around innovative living and sustainability. So, Coach, you would have to be a bike repair guy. That's, out there. That's what I would do. That would be my job. <laughs> I'd have to repair bikes and electric scooters. Yes, you would have to repair bikes and electric scooters. But this unique approach to urban planning prioritizes pedestrian-friendly spaces, green areas, and sustainable living. By eliminating cars from the neighborhood, the design team aimed to create a more connected and environmentally conscious community. There is no fight on feet. Well, you think of... <laughs> You think about if you're going to Boston, uh, my wife lived in Boston for a year when she was going to Harvard. There was no parking spaces at your house. Okay. You had to park your car two or three blocks away because nobody drove cars. Everybody walked, caught the tram, uh, the train all through Boston. Nobody walked. I mean, nobody drove because, matter of fact, the car parking spaces were higher than the rental for the house. Yeah, that's how that's how much nobody drove. That's how much nobody drove. And so when my wife went up there for a year, we didn't leave a car. We right. brought the car back home because 
She didn't need it. Right. <laughs> right. Well, this, I don't even think you're going to see a bus driving through. You might get a lift in there. It says to and from the site. So the hope, though, that their pioneering concept will serve as a model for future developments across the country. The community has opened in phases. The founding residents moved in already. And by the time the whole project is done, it will include 760 apartments. If you're interested in this walkable lifestyle, they have plenty of events coming up that are open to the public. And that is in Tempe. I'll have a link to this story, though, but it sounds pretty cool. So we know that we're not in an urban area. Yeah, 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 yeah. You have to be very close to everything, your grocery store, everything in order to get one like that. Right, right. So I'll I'll leave the uh, link in our podcast description, but today we're talking about the best drives in Mississippi, even though they are not driving anywhere. Yeah, I was thinking about the best drive. I was up in um, the Corinth area and the Pontiac area, all out that way, Tupelo. Yeah. And I love to see the Amish people. They ride around on uh, horses and buggies. Yeah. You know, that I, you like seeing those. I love seeing, seeing those the people and out there going to their. Uh, you know, every now and then you can go to one of their places where they sell their goods. Mm-hmm. And it's just amazing. All these things are handmade, and mm-hmm. you know they have the tools out there. You know, some of them have got modernized, but most of them still do everything by hand. Yeah. But once again, you're going places. You're seeing things that you don't see in uh, ordinary day. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, we were talking about um, Clarksdale because we came back from the Sunflower River and Blues right. Gospel Fest. But what I liked about Clarksdale when I got up there, it felt super normal and laid back. Like you could just tell by the way people stand on the side of the street <laughs> that it's just really laid back and super chill out there. So I kind of like going on those drives where it's not so much – Going on, I guess. Well, you know, I'm fascinated with big, giant pecan trees lining the streets Mm -hmm. and lining people's houses Mm -hmm. and cotton. So I'm fascinated about how those drives are to me. It makes me relax because I planted three pecan trees in my yard just because of that. Right. Because of how you go down. If you, this is right outside of Mississippi. If you go, if you're going up to uh, Lake Village and all that, they, there's a road that just has nothing but pecan trees on the side of the road. The houses. I'm stopping. The houses, uh, <laughs> all the houses and lawns have pecan trees. It is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I'm saying you can even go down uh, to these small towns. They are just built like you're back in the early 50s and 60s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The beautiful, beautiful houses. Yeah. You know. yeah. Vicksburg, and I know I'm about to bring Java in on this conversation because, of course, you know, he's always with Felder 24 hours a day, seven days a week from what I know. But uh, what's – it's kudzu. kudzu. It just came oh, to yes. me before I even asked you. And Vicksburg – it, that's right, right, Jav? It's kudzu. And the heat don't even kill it. Yeah, the kudzu vine, which is just everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's nice to look at when you're on a drive, that kudzu. I was thinking about, uh, I was driving from Tupelo again out that area, and they have kudzu all the way up Highway 7. And as hot as it is, the kudzu is still green as it can be. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> summer, spring, fall, it winter. Kudzu doesn't move at all. It does not. <laughs> it just keeps going. It does it, move. It keeps but, spreading. <laughs> <laughs> it does move. Okay, so here's a um, a comment that we got from an email. Um, this is coming from Joe. Joe says he's probably the last person to find the M dot traffic map. 
on right. on MDOT's website. But he says it's been very useful in planning travel and knowing about construction and road closures. Um, he guesses that the green means traffic is moving normally and the black uh, which is kind of like a dark red, means you better have plenty of fuel. <laughs> He's not sure what the yellow and the other shades of red are indicating, though. He says um, that he has a DeLorme Mississippi Atlas, which I've never known about, and a Gazetter, but one is from 1988 and the other is from 2004. And he's wondering, do people still use paper maps? And what is used these days <laughs> to find your way around, Joe? I love you. I love you, Joe. Well, I was just over, I was just over Buddy's house the other day, and he was he was showing me something. He pulled out the big old atlas, and he opened it up. He said, "Yeah, you see that road right there?" And I'm having to read the atlas, his map. You know, <laughs> that is good. I, you know that people still, but you know that's not the way we do it now. GPS, GPS sends you down places that's supposed to be there, and they're not really there. Oh, Joe, Joe, Joe. He says though at the end of it, he says, "Thank you for an entertaining." an informative show but Joe said what is used these days <laughs> that is called GPS global positioning system and before that I mean they were using GPS but everybody was just saying you got a Tom Tom you got a Tom Tom or and, a Garmin or a Garmin <laughs> Yep. And then um, back in the day before you could carry your cell phone, you had to print out your map quest directions. Yes. <laughs> and I rode around with one of those big old Atlas in my vehicle. Yes. Yes. My mom told me stories of them. Um, you know, when she was a kid, she said she was the map reader. So she was the one designated in the vehicle <laughs> to have to read the map. I had to give you a story about that real quick. I was, me and my <laughs> wife took the kids to Disney. Yeah. And I said, I'm going to take a shortcut back. Well, it took me through all the Alabama. I ended up in Selma, Alabama. Mm-hmm. I ran out of road. Huh? I ran out of road. It was, <laughs> I followed the map all the way to the end. I must have missed a turn. I ran out of road. This was a paper map. This was a paper map. Okay. I ran out of road. Okay. I have not lived that down yet. <laughs> My wife says you take no more shortcuts. No more for you. Stay you. On, you stay on the main road and you don't get off the main road. <laughs> what you going to say? And speaking of getting off the main road, GPS will take you to places unforeseen by human eyes. Yes. Because <laughs> I, one of my first trips with um, Crystal, my wife, we were going to her grandparents' house in Louisiana, and we were following the good old GPS. And we took a turn, and I didn't know where we were going. And we took another turn, and she was like, oh, yeah, we, we, we're going to get there. And I said, wait a minute. <laughs> Because there are the woods. <laughs> there are the woods. <laughs> and behind us is no more road. So where So where are we? <laughs> and where are we going? <laughs> you had one of my days. Hey, it was, it was incredible. And I was like, we are not going to continue forward. Let's bag up. Let's get back to some civilization. I don't care what GPS says. One yeah. street light I need to see yeah, at least. I don't care what GPS says. And, and you know, that, that really got me on my be careful 
forward with GPS tip. Right. You know, GPS supposed to update to say if you had a car that was a little bit older and, you know, we had these that you had to put the CDs in. Mm-hmm. And you had to update them every now and then because the roads changed. Yeah. You know, so if you're still on the old the uh, old maps, old maps, well, you're going to go somewhere different. Right. That's too funny. <laughs> We're discussing the best drives in Mississippi and taking your repair questions. Send an email to us, auto at mpbonline.org. We've got a new car review from Casey Williams coming up in Coach's Tip of the Week. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Here's a new car review from Casey Williams. It's Auto Casey on AutoCorrect. It's easy to find a sporty car, and it's easy to find a practical car. It's not so easy to find them both in the same package. But that's what we have this week with the 2024 Subaru Impreza RS. The Impreza has been completely redesigned for 2024, all you'll be hard-pressed to see it from the outside. It looks very much like a Subaru. Inside, this is the RS, the sportier package, and it's got some red trim on the seats. It's got heated seats. It's got the new tablet-style touchscreen, Harman Kardon audio, and it's got emergency steering to steer on accidents automatically. Underneath the skin, this is where the RS gets kind of interesting. They've both stiffened and made the suspension more compliant. It's stiffer in the corners, but more compliant on the road and on city streets. Underneath the hood, a 2.5-liter horizontally opposed four-cylinder engine, delivers 182 horsepower, and that connects to a continuously variable transmission. Gas mileage, not too bad. 26 miles per gallon in the city, 33 on the highway. So let's talk about price. The Impreza starts under $23,000 with standard all-wheel drive. This one has equipped $28,975. See the full video on his YouTube channel, Auto Casey, and listen to AutoCorrect on the MPB Think Radio YouTube channel. This is AutoCorrect. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show from autocorrect.mpbonline.org. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at a 10... I can't get it out, Coach. <laughs> AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. Stay tuned. After the show at 11 a.m., it's Southern Remedy Kids and Teens. I'm Jermaine Flood. Our expert is Coach Charlie Melton, and it's time for his tip of the week. Well, you know, since we're talking about that uh, drive in Mississippi, hey, get out, enjoy, cut the air conditioner on, cut the radio on, and enjoy your drive through Mississippi. Yeah. And make sure that you've got everything taken care of in your car as you go, but just enjoy the ride. And click it, don't tick it. That's it. And don't drink and drive. That's it. Um, couple of others before we get out of here, Coach. Vicksburg Campaign Trail is one of those. It's number two on TripAdvisor. Um, somebody has said of, um, what did they say? For a Civil War historian, following the campaign trail in Mississippi is similar to following Lee's retreat from Petersburg to, I'm not even going to try that. A Potomox in Virginia. I did. In 1863, General Ulysses S. Grant spent months trying to find a way to seize Vicksburg and sever the Confederates' control of the Mississippi River. And so all of this is very apparent while you're driving down there. Um, so it's it's nice. It's a nice drive. It's number two on the drive. Mississippi Delta is number three on TripAdvisor. Um, this includes the region of Tunica, Clarksdale, Cleveland, Greenville, Indianola, Greenwood, Yazoo County. Um, located at the mouth of the river, it's characterized by mangrove swamps, subtropical vegetation, and animal life. Of course, that's where I came from. Um, and I learned what soybeans look like in a field. Oh, yeah, soybeans all up through the Delta. 
I was wondering. I was like, is those little greens? <laughs> those are soybeans. <laughs> I, those are those things called imami that people like to eat. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's where they come from. That's right. Oh, okay. Okay. Because I was like, what are those? And then I started getting more history. And then I was like, oh, it's corn and soybean. Right. That's what I keep saying. Corn and soybean. Over Hotter and over it again. is, better they grow. Yeah. Over and over again. That's what that was. <laughs> so I learned it, it's not little greens. It's not cabbage. It's soybean. That's it. <laughs> Highway 61 which is a pretty cool highway um, because it is also the Crossroads Highway in Clarksdale, Mississippi, um, where Highway 61 and Highway 49 meet. But people are saying they love the highway. Many miles are four lane, but some parts are a blast to the past and many unique towns along the way. So that's Highway 61 and that's number five on the on the trip advisor list. So those are some pretty cool. Number four um, on the back roads, Wildflower Trail on US 51. Um, of course, 61, which we just got off of, that's AKA also known as Blues Highway. Right. Blues um, Trail. Blues Trail. And it runs a long way. It does. And it ends in Clarksdale or begins in Clarksdale, however you want to say that. But it runs all along the edge. And once you get past Memphis, it's kind of parallel to 55. Headed to St. Louis. Yeah, yeah. So there's so many great roads, everybody. We'll have all that in the podcast description. I'll get you the list. Coach, I loved hanging out with you today. Uh, It's been a blast. (laughs) That'll wrap us up today. Our crew engineer, Java Chapman, call screener Kevin Farrell. For Coach Charlie Melton, Master Technician, I'm Jermaine Flood. You're listening to AutoCorrect, and we thank you for listening on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.